SaaS research is one of the most neglected opportunities for marketers. Most SaaS companies can appreciate that understanding their customers helps them provide a better product and service, but actually doing the work to understand those customers can often be challenging for SaaS marketers, which leads to marketing output that lacks the punch that using customer insights can bring. And it's not only in organizations where there is no effective system for research that the impact of understanding customers is missed. Even in companies where there is a relatively good system for running customer interviews, many SaaS companies miss out on a truly rounded research process because they focus entirely on those interviews as the form of research. The advice, talk to customers, is really good, but companies should focus on building a framework for understanding their customer that goes beyond simple interviewing and includes both qualitative and quantitative inputs from across their business. Now, in this episode, we'll look at why many SaaS companies are leaving money on the table by missing out on high-quality signals, how to avoid these common pitfalls to build a truly great customer research framework, how to use those customer insights to improve SaaS marketing, and by the end of this article, you should have the fundamentals to start building a framework for customer research. But... If you want help understanding your customers and building the insights into your marketing with messaging and positioning that converts, you should book a SaaS scale session. To do that, you go to poweredbysearch.com forward slash assessment. Let's get you pain point messaging that converts traffic into revenue, whether we do that for you or you do it for yourself. I'm pumped for you. Let's dive in. I'm Mark Thomas. I'm the head of growth at Powered by Search, and today I'm going to talk you through some of the best knowledge that we have on building B2B SaaS businesses. Now, if any of this is interesting to you and you want to read more, you should go to our website. It's poweredbysearch.com and check us out there. It's extremely common to see someone on LinkedIn or Twitter tell marketers that they should talk to customers or that your customers are your best marketers. And both of those are noble ideas, but the reality is many organizations already feel that they are talking to their customers. There are three main approaches that we've seen B2B SaaS companies who have already passed, say, five to $10 million ARR take to customer research. The first one is that they don't do anything at all or take an ad hoc approach akin to doing nothing at all. As unbelievable as it may be, it's extremely common for large companies to have no structure whatsoever in place for talking to their customers and surfacing those insights for the rest of the organization to use. Organizations where this is the norm may find that the only understanding they have of customers is in the conversations that sales reps had with them prior to them signing up to using the product or from support or customer success conversations. The challenge is that even if those incredible insights are there, they're only in the heads of sales or CS reps who have high turnover rates. Customer insight is literally bleeding out of the company when those reps get new jobs. It's not uncommon to see organizations like this hit a real scaling challenge as their product and marketing teams struggle to connect customer pain to product functionality in a meaningful way. Now, the second approach to customer research that many companies take is to hire a market research agency to, I'm doing air quotes, take care of it for them. Now, we typically see this in larger SaaS companies or companies that have been acquired recently by private equity firms. 
Part of the reason, I suspect, is that market research firms are incredibly expensive. Now, when companies do hire research firms to do this kind of work, they're almost certainly getting a dense, static deliverable in return. In the past, we've worked with companies who also hired a market research firm to compile a customer research report. On one occasion, the firm delivered a 120-page report and a 90-minute video presentation, both incredibly well-designed and beautiful, only for the client to ask at the end of the call, and I kid you not, what should we do with this? The silence was deafening, but the question was really good and indicative of the challenges around hiring a market research firm to do customer development work. Consultants often bring a scientifically rigorous methodology, but aren't able to help the marketing team to meaningfully apply the conclusions of their research. The result is that the, albeit impressive, research is a one-off static document that ends up on a Google Drive and never shows up in marketing conversations. The third approach many SaaS companies take is to dedicate someone in the team to take care of customer development. Of all three approaches we've discussed so far, this is by far the most common. And in fact, if you're going to choose one of these, it's the best one. In these organizations, though, a team member will be tasked with or take on under their own initiative the customer research work. They'll go off and run a bunch of customer interviews, maybe build some audience personas, but, and here's the sticky bit and why you shouldn't really choose this one, unfortunately, they'll never manage to get the research into the hands of the people who actually need it. Classically, from time to time, the CMO or VP of marketing will almost wheel them out in a meeting and ask them for an insight from their customer research. I've occasionally encountered a senior marketing executive who has to defer to a junior team member for the answer to any question involving customers. This is absolutely wild and a totally dysfunctional way to think about developing marketing that actually speaks to customer pains. And hey, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you'll know if you speak to customer pain points, you get conversions. Now, similar to the approach where the research is ad hoc and lives in the heads of sales or CS reps, companies who appoint or acquire a research champion suffer because their customer research also lives in the head of this one team member who takes it all with them when they inevitably get another marketing job because, frankly, they're probably incredibly talented and companies want people who speaks to customers. So just keep that in mind. How to avoid these customer research pitfalls. Now, as you'll have noticed from the previous section there, the advice to talk to customers is all well and good. It's a message that we deeply support. But what people mean by that is simply have someone talk to the customers and see what we could be doing better or differently. When organizations stop at that depth, they will miss out huge amounts of nuance from their work. What are their customers actually doing with the product? How are they perceiving you? What are the customers of other products saying about you? How does what they say to you in an interview compare to their use of a product? And what are the issues that they have that are sitting in customer support tickets? And those are just a sample of the questions that teams with an ineffective customer research framework won't be able to answer easily. Understanding your customer is significantly less linear than most marketers make it out to be. Now, in this section here, we'll look at how you can build a system that gets a rounded view of your customers and factors in their qualitative and quantitative actions. 
In every business, there are potentially dozens of different sources of customer data and insight. So before doing anything else, it's important to get a picture of where those insights might come from. To do this, we'll look at the most common sources of customer insight broken down into two categories. What your customers say and what your customers do. Both of these categories are useful in their own right. And it's only when you combine them that you get a true understanding of your customers. Most SaaS marketers neglect to look at user activity, what your customers do, and end up with a shallow understanding of customers and prospects. So let's start with what your customers say. All of the following are qualitative sources of customer insight. Some are active in that you have to speak to them directly, and others are passive in that you can collect data from existing sources. Each one of them, though, contributes to building a rich customer framework. The most obvious source of customer insight is customer interviews. Many people like jobs to be done style interviews, which are about identifying what problems your best customers are hiring your product to solve. At Power by Search, we use this framework when working with clients' customers. But if you've never run a customer interview before, it's enough to start with a very simple set of questions. In the accompanying blog post, I've put a list and a kind of collection of categories with questions that you can ask that I also use when I talk to customers of my clients. So go wild. The important thing is that you use these interviews to try to understand what pains a user of your product is trying to solve and how they talk about those problems. Customer interviews work best when they are made a part of your regular cadence of customer engagement. They work worst when they're left down to an individual or team to run on a one-off basis. Email responses. Your customer base likely emails you dozens or hundreds of times a week, depending on your business model. For example, we realized that a lot of our ICP read our blog regularly and set up an email that would be sent when someone checks out several blog posts in short succession. The email asks, what should we write about next? There is gold in these emails. We have discovered objections to hiring an agency, services that our clients want developed, problems they're having with their marketing, and that's all from looking at the responses to this email. Now, obviously, we're in a different business model to you. You're in a SaaS company, we're in an agency serving SaaS companies. The principle still works. This is just one instance of harvesting customer insight from emails. Your SaaS probably has nurture sequences, win-back sequences, and one-off campaign emails that are languishing in Intercom or your ESP of choice. The responses to those emails or messages can unlock heaps of value for your marketing with very little extra work, just a little bit of reading. Support requests. The next common place that customer insights go unnoticed is support requests. Similar to the last section on emails, there's all sorts of insights sitting in the customer success team's shared inbox. For example, what is your customer struggling to do that they want to do with your product? How clear is your pricing to your customers? What are the first problems that your customers encounter with the product? By the way, this can impact activation and consequently downstream revenue rate. And those are just three easy to answer questions. But if you think about your support inbox as only interesting to the success team, then you're missing out. 
An example of this in action is that I previously worked on a tool that we had thought of internally as a live voting tool for events, kind of like Slido, right? But because of that, we didn't have any functionality to add open text questions. We thought this kind of question might slow down the experience for our users, end users. Our customers kept asking questions about how to create open text questions in our support inbox though. And as this kept happening, we discovered that for our customers, we were positioned alongside SurveyMonkey, which is definitely not a live voting tool for events. The only thing is, we had more expensive pricing and fewer features. Now, ultimately, we made the choice to lean into that and add the functionality they wanted, but we used their feedback to inform the messaging around our positioning to develop a differentiated position in what is frankly a bloodbath of a market. It's so competitive. Sales tapes. My absolute favorite addition to qualitative customer interviews is reviewing sales tapes from Gong or Grain. We use Grain at Powered by Search. Although there's a common trope that sales and marketing don't get on, effective sales teams are incredible at uncovering customer needs and pain points. Now that it's normal to record sales calls that happen over Zoom, the marketing team can get a steady stream of customer insights directly from the horse's mouth. But in addition to this, when the sales team adds in win-loss insights, however they do that, marketing teams can filter by prospects who went with competitors. That means that you can build incredibly effective competitive comparison pages. A good way to make this activity part of your natural research workflow is to line up a series of recordings, grab the popcorn and a pillow to hide behind when you're watching people talk about your product, Watch them right through and dump the best things that prospects say in these calls into a Google Doc. The goal of this is to get all of the following out of the calls in language as close to the prospect's own language as possible. You want to get interesting sentences, phrasing, questions, ideas, general feedback. You can move this stuff into a more structured customer research collector document at a different time, and we'll cover that off a little bit in a moment. Customer reviews. Customer reviews on sites like G2 and Captera are a different version of the sales tape. Most SaaS products that achieve any kind of scale will eventually get G2 and Captera reviews from both happy and unhappy customers. Each one of these reviews is helpful in its own way. Good reviews from happy customers can be harvested for customer voice. Bad reviews give insight into how poor fit customers think. They'll also often share which competitor they chose in the end. In the accompanying blog post, we have a picture there of a sheet that we use to run this process for our customers, our clients. We add fields for quote, so a new row for each individual insight to make it easy to reference, job title to understand whether we're hitting the right notes for our target audience, organization size to understand whether we're serving the right kinds of company, link in case we want to go back and screenshot these to use on landing pages, rating to make it easy to sort, sentiment to give us a general idea of how people feel overall. Reviews of competitors. Another opportunity that marketers often miss when conducting customer research is assigning a little time into trying to understand how customers of other products in the market feel about their product choice. Why is this helpful? I mean, after all, don't we want to know how our customers feel? 
Yeah, you're right. You absolutely do. But understanding the difference between what your customers are saying about you and what the customers of other companies are saying about their products is meaningful for clarifying your own differentiation. In our SaaS positioning canvas workshops, we spend a good amount of time talking about the promises that competitors make because it gives us a baseline understanding of how the market as a whole positions itself. If you're playing in a competitive marketplace, and almost every SaaS product is these days, then it's super important to understand general market perception so that you can better differentiate. What your customers do. Now that we've covered off the qualitative aspects of customer research, let's look at some of the more quantitative sources that you should be including in your framework. When we talk about quantitative research, we're not necessarily talking about cold, hard numbers. We also think about user activity and product usage, even though that's a little bit of an expansion of the actual definition of quantitative. Site search queries. An underappreciated source of customer insight is the site search functionality that many marketing sites have. For example, if you're using WordPress, you'll often have a search input set up on your theme somewhere. And in my experience, you may have forgotten that it's there at all. But many people don't know that if you're using Google Analytics, you can see what your customers are searching, what your site visitors are searching in real time. So in Universal Analytics, it required a custom setup. But now that that's going away, in GA4, site search is a default event. And you can see the queries that your visitors are typing in by creating a report in the Explore section. I've included a screenshot from our own analytics to show you this in the article. Links in the show notes. In the example above from our own analytics that I just mentioned, I can see that the majority of the site searches have come from terms related to case studies. Now, by way of example, what will I do with that information? It's pretty obvious here. I'll make it easier to discover case studies on our site and work on building more of them. It's clear that people think that it's an important thing to find on a site like ours. So why wouldn't I make that happen for them? Website usage data. Besides direct customer interviews, I have found that watching user sessions on Hotjar or Fullstory is the highest leverage customer research activity for SaaS marketers. If you're able to install the Hotjar snippet on both your marketing site and your product, you'll also be able to watch what users are doing across properties. This can be incredible. For example, I once worked on a product where there was an incredible engagement rate, but terrible conversion to paid. People were using the product, but they weren't upgrading. In order to solve the problem, I watched sessions for accounts with good engagement and saw that in most cases, users didn't understand that they needed to upgrade their accounts to unlock more information or features. Once I understood this, I was able to respond by updating messaging around pricing on the website making the pricing tiers clearer on the pricing page, and also having the product team add in in-app messaging to make it more obvious how and why to upgrade. The result was a drastically increased conversion for visitor to paid. It had huge business impact. Now, if I was only thinking about qualitative insights from customer interviews, it's unlikely that I would have discovered that. Product usage data. 
Similar to website usage data from sources like Hotjar or Fullstory, you can also use a tool like Amplitude or Heap to understand what users are actually doing with your products. Unfortunately, many SaaS companies don't use products like this. But product analytics tools can give you real insight into customer pains by showing you which features customers are using, how they're using them, and where the friction in using the product is, and more. Taking those insights and revisiting your landing page copy, content plan, or even ad creative can boost acquisition, activation, revenue, and frankly, even retention. Well, let's talk about organizing all of this. One of the main reasons that customer research is so poor in SaaS companies is that there's often no coherent way to store and manage the insights. To solve this problem, we recommend the following. Number one, create a folder called customer research in maybe Google Drive or Dropbox, whatever you use. Within that folder, create individual folders for all of the sources that we've already mentioned. Then, every time you refresh your research, put any relevant screenshots, documents, recordings, that kind of thing, into the relevant folder. Next, you create a spreadsheet to catalog all the files that you're referencing. And in that spreadsheet, you summarize each insight as a separate row in the spreadsheet, adding metadata for links to the source document in your folders, customer contact info, timestamps, that kind of thing. As well as the above, you may find that it's really, really helpful to include some kind of tagging convention to make research more searchable. Adding in a column for type and including options like the following can be extremely prudent as you scale the system. Voice of customer, pain point, competitor, product team, that kind of thing. So how do you use those customer insights to improve SaaS marketing? If you keep contributing to your customer research database in small but consistent updates, you're going to quickly build a formidable amount of information about your customers. This is already a competitive advantage, as 99% of your competitors won't have anywhere close to as clear an understanding of their customers as you do. But if a customer speaks in a forest and no one's around to hear them, do they even make a sound? <laughs> what I mean is this. You need to take what your customers have told you and apply those insights to your marketing. There are three ways that you can do that immediately, and these will work for almost any SaaS business. Firstly, take the insights and update your overall positioning and messaging. Now, while working with our client Progel, we discovered that their customers wanted a tool that did everything, sure. But what they really cared about was that the tool that they were using to run their business was built by people like them who wouldn't hide costs or make any knee-jerk pricing changes. So we updated their messaging based on that. Here's how it reads. Everything you need in a construction management tool built by construction pros with honest, um, emphasis on honest, pricing. Another way that you can use these insights right away is to create content that helps respond to common objections that your prospects have. Now, our whole content strategy is based on this play. We listen to what prospects are asking, and when people are asking regularly enough, we run a masterclass or write an article on the topic. These articles can be sent directly to prospects in future, but they're also discoverable through search, 
and our social distribution work. Finally, marketing and product are usually closely intertwined in SaaS businesses. It makes sense that product and marketing both contribute insights from customers. But even if that's not possible, marketing's performance will be improved by sharing customer feedback with the product team because they can take those insights and improve UI in the product, prioritize the right features, and generally improve the user experience. All of this leads to better full funnel performance and makes marketing ROI go up. Let's pull this all together. SaaS marketing teams know that customer research is important, but it's rare to find a team who are running customer research effectively. As well as under-resourcing it, SaaS companies often take a myopic view of customer research and only do customer interviews in an ad hoc way. But by building a regular cadence of contributing to a customer research database that takes into account qualitative and quantitative insights, SaaS marketers will drastically improve their chances of finding valuable insights that can help them convert more customers. I'll see you next time. Now, if you enjoyed that today and you want to do something about your B2B SaaS marketing, you should get in touch with us. You can do that by going to poweredbysearch.com and checking out our assessment page, or you can browse the case studies and blogs that we have on the site. Now, if you're not ready to do that, definitely say hi anyway. You can ping me on Twitter. I'm at I am Mark Thomas. That's Mark with a C. Or you can ping our founder and CEO, Dev Basu, and connect with us there. Looking forward to seeing you again for another episode.